Today is day 66. And we're walking through Sarah Young, Jesus Always, devotional. March 17th. God is saying nothing can separate us from Him. Nothing. Nothing in all creation can separate you from my love. Pause and ponder. What an astonishing promise this is. You live in a world where separations abound. Wives from husband, children from parents, friends from friends, childhood dreams from adult realities. But there is one terrible separation you will never have to face. Isolation from my loving presence. I want you to cling to me with tenacious confidence. This gives you strength to cope with the uncertainties of living in such a broken, unstable world. Anxious thoughts can assault your mind and fill you with a fear if you forget that I, that my love, will never fail you. I will never fail you. When you find yourself feeling afraid, grasp my hand in childlike trust. Rest in the protection of my presence and remember that perfect love drives out fear. The greatest wealth on earth is minuscule compared with the riches of my boundless love. Yet this is my free gift to all who follow me. Me. How priceless is my unfailing love. There are no words behind that. God says, the greatest wealth on earth is minuscule. There's nothing compared to his boundless love. It's a free gift to those who say, yes, Lord, have me. Take me into your kingdom. Let me abide in your love. Have your way in my life. Okay, so now let's start the word breakdown. It is Romans 8, 38, 39, Isaiah 30, 15. Uh, it is recommended in the New King James Version. First uh, John 4, 18 and Psalms 36, 7. Let's get started. The first scripture is Romans 8, 38 and 39. And it reads... None of this faces us because Jesus loves us and absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, wow, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. absolutely nothing he broke it down 
nothing not a thing not a someone not an object not an opportunity nothing denial or failure acceptance or triumph can get in the way of the Lord husband or boyfriend girlfriend or wife mother or daughter father or son nothing and no one it doesn't get any more clear than that if God is not in your life it's because you don't want him because he is there ever so present waiting to experience a life a relationship with you but if he is not there it's because you don't want him to be it's because you don't want to live with authority in your life there was something I saw someone do and I pointed it out and they pretty much got kind of hissy with me and I pointed out in love so that they wouldn't lose the one thing that they prayed about having. But they got upset because they can't stand correction. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter if that person is older than you. If God sends you to correct someone before they lose something. Or you see them abusing something. Or you see them walking according to a precept that they shouldn't be. Their own precept, not God's. It's your duty as a Christian man or woman who loves that person to say in love, Hey, I need you to watch out for that because that's not godly. That's not how God looks at this situation. That's not how he wants us to handle it. We get caught up in our ways of doing things over the years that we think, oh, this is what I've always been doing. Like the one thing I see a lot of women do. And you know, by right, some of them have a right to be like that, but they don't have God's will in it. Um, so that's why I said it's not right. But if a woman is constantly hiding money from her husband, Or keeping details from her husband. Or even likewise a husband doing it to his wife. They're in the wrong. For God says you are one. That's one in everything. Doesn't matter who makes more money than the next. Doesn't matter who gets this before this person gets that. You're one. And one means to love each other fully. Even through finances. But some people don't see it that way. They see it as, this is my money and that's yours. And I'm not going to tell you when I get some. And I'm going to keep it for this and that because this is me. But when you got married, you became one. And a lot of people don't understand that in marriage. They think 
that oh well you know this is my degree this is you know this is my efforts in school this is my this there is no i in team and there is no my my in marriage the only time i've ever separated anything from saying my in a marriage is when it was not um dual finances finances that can be used for the home or used for extracurricular activity when it was business it was business business is business and business is separate especially if you're not doing business together but when it's just extracurricular money blessings that come in You are to share that with your spouse. Finances through earning, through a job, or anything like that. You are to share that with your spouse. You are not to be, oh, this is mine and this is yours. I never understood people who had two separate bank accounts. But those are people who don't know how to get out of self and how to be disciplined and how to be understanding I may get off of that but God says his ways of looking at this is he will never leave us so don't allow that situation that you're looking at whether it be money or whatever you're trying to hide or disclose or not disclose, excuse me, keep you from the love of God. Because when we operate in that manner, we're out of his will. We're out of his will. This is not Ray speaking. This is the Holy Spirit speaking through Ray. Now let's move forward. Isaiah 30, 15, 15, excuse me. Let me take a drink. Excuse me. Isaiah 30, 15. God the Master, the Holy of Israel, has this solemn counsel, your salvation requires you to turn back to me and stop your silly efforts to save yourself. Your strength will come from settling down in complete dependence on me. The very thing you've been unwilling to do, you've said, no way. We'll rush off on horseback. You'll rush off all right. Because he goes, you'll rush off all right, just not far enough. You said, we'll ride off on fast horses. Do you think your pursuers ride old nags? 
מספיק הקן. And I'm reading further down, it's explained. Think again. A thousand of you will scatter before one attacker. Before a mere five, you'll all run off. There'll be nothing left of you. A flagpole on a hill with no flag. A signpost on a roadside with the sign torn off. But God's not finished. He's waiting around to be gracious to you. He's gathering strength to show mercy to you. God takes the time to do everything right, everything. Those who wait for him are the lucky ones. So I want to go back to that. That's funny. He says, stop your silly efforts to save yourself. It goes back to exactly what I said. Don't be in your own perspective of how you handle your house affairs between husband and wife, mother and child, and so on. And father and son, and father and child, grandmother and granddaughter, grandmother and grandson, mother-in-law and daughter-in-law. And I don't say in-law. I don't like that word in-law. I say in love. To the right one, <laughs> I say in love. But... He says, stop your silliness. Don't handle affairs like you think you should handle them. Handle them the way I would handle them. Otherwise, you'll be like these people in this book, he says, that rush off by horseback, but thinking that your enemy, the enemy, the destroyer, is riding on a donkey of some kind, or riding on a horse with no triumph he says stop your silliness and when you're done doing so I'll be waiting on you but he said those who wait on me wow they're lucky and God is sending someone a message It's not just one person. He's sending several people a message this morning to say, stop your silliness. Dig deep in the word. Ask me my perspective. Don't lean on your pride and your understanding of how you used to do something. No, 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 no. Allow me to come in. Give me the pen. Let me write your love story. Let me write your career story. Let me write this. Let me write that. Let's move on. 1 John 4.18 Oh, and he said, if you don't give him the pen, he will take the story. And you will not have a story. First John four eighteen. First John four eighteen. Excuse me. 
and it reads, God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. This way, love has the run of the house, becomes at home and mature in us so that we're free of worry on judgment day. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ. There's no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear. Since fear is crippling, a fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment, is one not yet fully formed in love. And I'm going to read further down. We though we are going to love, love and be loved. First we were loved, and now we love. He loved us first. There he goes again. We live in God. We roommate with God. I'm going to look up house today as well. So I already got my words, <coughs> excuse me, my words together. The last word today is uh, Psalms 36 and 7. And it reads, How exquisite your love, O God! How eager we are run under your wings to eat our fill at the banquet you spread. As you fill our tankards with Eden's spring water, you're a fountain of cascading light, and you open our eyes to light. We're going to add cascading as well. Wow, we have a smuggest word again today for this word to find. Let's get ready. So the words that we are going to be defining today is pause, ponder, separation, isolation, tenacious, uncertainty, assault, perfect, house, cascading. I'm just pausing for a moment. Yeah, I did say that, right? Because this word has just been so delicious this morning. And now it's about to get, as my uncle would say, gooder and gooder. So, pause is 
to interrupt action or speech briefly. So the Lord said in the word this morning. Well, actually, you know what? Let's look up separate first. Separate. We're not going to look up separation. We're going to look up separate. Okay, so let's look up separate. To cause to move apart. So God says, nothing in all creation can cause or move apart you from my love, from my strong affection for you. Now let's look up pause. He says, temporarily stop in your action in your thinking and or tip yeah temporary stop in action and then it's ponder is next because pause is temporary stop so ponder means to carefully think so Temporary stop and carefully think about what an astonishing promise that God's love always being there is. This is so good. Pause. Temporary stop thinking about anything and everything. Take a moment and think carefully on this thing before reaching some type of conclusion about what it means, how astonishing it is that the promise of my love will never leave you. It's what? Okay. Ponder, we've said. Separation, we've said. Well, we use separate. Isolation. Isolation. Wow, God, you're so awesome. So awesome. I needed this this morning for sure. The state of being in a place or situation separated from others. So he said, I think right here, but there is one terrible separation you will never have to face. The state of being in a place or situation that is separate from others, that is separated from him and his loving existence. Let's look up tenacious. Lord have mercy, Jesus. 
I got chills. To be tenacious means is tending to keep a firm hold of something, clinging or adhering or closely. Or you can be not readily relinquishing a position or principle or course of action determined. Persisting or persisting in existence, not easily dispelled. So let's 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 go with tending to keep a firm hold of something, clinging to it, adhering to it closely. So he said, I want you to cling to me with tenacious. Okay, so let's 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 change that. Let's do persisting in existence and not easily dispelled. And we could also do not readily relinquishing a position or principle. Or course of action determined. So I want you to not be ready to relinquish that position. With confidence. What? With confidence. Don't give up so quick. In confidence, hold on. Yes. Praise God. Okay. I'm getting excited. I'm about to lose my place. I feel it. I'm getting excited. So, uncertainty. To have uncertainty is a state of being uncertain or sometimes it's uncertain that causes one to feel uncertain okay we need another definition so to be uncertain is to have doubt so he said this gives you strength to cope with the doubt of living in such a broken unstable world Oh my God, this is getting so good. Thank you, Jesus. He said, ancients, being overly worried about something, concerned about something. Um... There is a statement that a pastor that I listened to, well, one of my beloved, um, said this this weekend. He said, today is the tomorrow we worried about yesterday. He then said, remembering the word allows me to cast away the worry. Don't be anxious. Wow. Okay, so let's let's get back to this this word. I just wanted to share that. But um the next word is assault. Oh my. And I was looking for it as I was talking to you about this other word. 
assault. So it says, anxious thoughts can assault your mind and fill you with fear. So what does assault mean? Let's look at it from a perspective of just breaking it down, assault. So, anxious thoughts can make a physical attack on your mind. And fill you with fear. And concern and worry that is not yours, it's God's. Ooh, let's look up perfect. So, he says his love is perfect. What does it mean for his love to be perfect? Um, wow. This, this, just, this word is so good. He says, his love has all that is required and desired. Every element of quality that it needs. Every characteristic, it is good. It's absolute completion. That's what his love is. Absolute completion in everything that we need. Let's look up the word house. These words will have you getting emotional just because they're just, defining the word just makes it come alive even more. House is shelter. Shelter. So we go back to first John. First John four and seven, where it says that okay, I'm in Hebrew. Why? First John four and seven. Hold on, please. Don't know what happened to first John, but it's coming. Okay, first John four and seven, where it says <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. He has the run of the house. He has the run of the shelter. That is over us in our lives. Um, it also says it's um, a building in which people meet for a particular activity to live. Huh? Provide space for accommodate. Okay. Let's look up home. I didn't want to look it up, but it did come up. What does it mean for something to be home? A place where one lives permanently, especially as a member of a family or household. So God says that this way, love has the run of the house, becomes at home, becomes the place where one lives, becomes the place where one roommates with the Lord. 
Wow. For one establishes himself in the Lord and God's house becomes your hub. The last word is cascading. For something to cascade is to pour downward rapidly in large quantities. So in this word also, it said that Psalm, sorry, in Psalm, forgive me, in Psalm 36. Yeah, 36 and 7. It said that to eat our fill at the banquet you spread, as you fill our tanker and eat in spring water, you're a fountain of the pouring down of rapid, wow, let me get this. You're a fountain of downward pouring in large quantities, light. When the Lord shows up in our lives, he just doesn't show up with a dim light. Remember Moses when he went into the mountain and he had his presence before the Lord. He came back and his face was so shiny because he had seen and experienced the true presence of the Lord. And there was no way that he could be in God's presence and not and have that shining on him and not it not be like a known quality that the Lord light is so bright and so magnificent and astounding that it makes even you shine. It's hard to explain. It's astounding. It's miraculous. It's majestic in so many ways. So now we know what pause. We know how to pause. We know what it means to pause. Then ponder. Yet not separate ourselves. Or isolate ourselves. But be tenacious. Cling on to that thing. Without doubt. Assaulting. The perfect love. As we roommate with the Lord. And he pours down large quantities of his light. Cascading. Mm. His perfect love. The house. The cascading light. Enough said.
what a wondrous word. That has been The Word Defined. Have you ever been mind blown? Because a word you studied was so true and living and it just came alive even more as you start defining it? This is what happened today. I feel so at peace where I didn't before. I feel so electrified with knowing These words came alive. This word came alive today. Ever so. More than it has ever done before. And I know I'll have really great experiences as we move forward in this word. But today was definitely profound. Are you walking so that you can have that type of experience in the Word, in God? Is He your house, your shelter? Is He your roommate? Do you know what it feels like to get chills when you speak about Him? If you don't, here's your opportunity. Heavenly Father, I come into you, into your house, into your presence, and I'm asking you to be my shelter. To help me walk from isolation and uncertainty and live tenaciously in you. Being a roommate with you as you cascade your light onto me. Father, I know who you are. You are the risen Christ. You are hung high, stretched wide. You were buried. You were buried forever, yet you rose. Three days later, Lord and Savior, yes, you, be my Lord and Savior. Wash me, cleanse me, refine me, mold me, shape me into who you called me to be before time was time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, well, now, now. Walk with him.